morning. That means it's time for Michael Nesco's Renegade Rock here on the Rogue Radio Podcast Network. Bringing all the great music to you every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We got interviews. We got Ainsley Dunbar. We got Jay Jesse Johnson, Davey Patterson, Bobby Caldwell, Dick Smothers Jr., Craig Erickson, you name it, Greg Chason. Today we got a very special guest, founder and owner of Jim Machine Records, John Templeman, and he's also a fabulous recording artist. Welcome to Renegade Rock, John. Thank you for having me, Mike. Glad to be here. So uh, we started off the show with Canopsia. Let's uh, talk a little bit about that track before we get into your history here. All right. Well, Canopsia was the lead single on an album I released earlier this year in February called America or Bust. And who's playing on the, on that? Well, you're on it. I'm on it. And uh, Michael Webb, um, who's a session uh, keyboard player down in Nashville, is playing on it. And uh, my my uh, my dear friend, rest in peace, Al Collins, recorded his bass tracks before he passed away. Wow, that's um, so. Sad. It's kind of a special song, and it and it was, I think, the strongest song on the record. And it's a great tune. I love I love playing on it too. Really, it's done well. I mean, the video had quite a few thousand streams. It's had quite a few thousand streams on Spotify. So, so what, what, what's the story behind that song? I wrote it because. Uh, living downtown during 2020 when all of the peaceful protests happened and pretty much the city got destroyed i was uh very annoyed by the whole thing so was i i went down there and and that's what i wrote i wrote basically canopsia about because the meaning of canopsia is being in a place that is typically active and and alive and it's bare so like example a school cafeteria on a sunday no one's in there, but on Wednesday morning, there's tons of students, right, and, uh, right, right. so that's kind of what Canopsia is, and so I had this just eerie feeling being in my own city, being in downtown, and that's kind of where, where that song came from. So when you from. write tunes, do you, uh, do you do the lyrics first, or do you always come up with the music, then the lyrics, or? It varies. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, uh, right? It varies. Sometimes I'll have music, and then I write lyrics for it. Um, or other times I'll write lyrics and then I'll put music around it. Canopsia, I had the riff, the main riff, and I wrote the song around And that. what's the name of that release that it's on, on Jim Machine Records? America or Bust. Fantastic. So, John, tell us a little bit about your past. What, what encouraged you to start music? Who was the first guitar player or singer or band that made you say, I want to do this um, well, my parents were in a band together, so I was always around. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I was always around um, music. Yeah, growing up from from the get go, from day one, and I was always. So you're saying it was your parents? Yeah. Well, I mean, in a way, in I mean, a way, yeah. In terms of initially, yes, right, right. because I, I mean, being around all their friends and bandmates, and I would watch their rehearsals, and I wanted to do that. Um, you know, and I listened to like even at a very young What did age, your parents play? My dad played bass and guitar, my mom then he sang and then my mother sang. Um but I uh so basically as a kid I you know listened to a lot of Led Zeppelin, um Kiss Queen. My aunt wasn't much older than me. Neither was my uncle. Who my, exposed you to that? Just the radio. My aunt and uncle. Your aunt and yeah, because oh, they cool. were my mom and dad both have four siblings too, and the youngest ones were not very far away in age from me. So, 
I would, my uncle Danny introduced me. I remember the first time he played Van Halen's first album for me. But I would say the, the first time I like saw a band and was like, yeah, I'm doing that. When I was 11, my dad took me to see Motley Crue. Motley Crue, huh? wow. And that blew, that was like my first rock show. What year was that? 1985. And I you were 11 in 1985? Yeah. I feel old today, yeah. Jed. <laughs> I feel old most days. So, John, <laughs> so so, what was the first band uh, that you played in? And uh, once you, where did you uh, learn to play guitar? Who taught you how to play guitar? My dad showed me a little bit, and then I kind of just taught myself over time. What was time. your first guitar? Do you remember? Yeah, he bought me a. It, I can't remember the name of it. What the name of the brand it was an off brand, but it looked like Eddie Van Halen's that white and black guitar Stripe, right, striped right. guitar he had in the early days. Kramer? Was it a Kramer? It wasn't a... No, it was an off-brand. But it looked like an Eddie Van Halen like guitar, Eddie, which yeah. is why I wanted it. You know, I, like again, growing up in the 80s, you know, everybody loved Eddie Van Halen. So, uh, you know, that, that, was, that was the first guitar that I got. And then, man, I can't even remember. I bought my uncle's... My uncle was a bass player, and I bought... One of his old Gibson SG bases. He sold it to me for 150 bucks. I remember I worked chores and saved the money to buy it, and I still have that base. The EB3. It's the, it's like a 1979. Wow, Gibson nice. SG. Good base. for you. Yeah, still have it. Should we have to do like two interviews here? Well, one is John Templeman, the musician, <laughs> but. What we really want to focus on is John Templeman, the owner of Jim Machine Record. Yeah. And my God, as a musician, what inspired you to start your own record label? Or well, well, I was distributing, used it to distribute my own music initially. Um, after a couple failed bands I had, I was putting out some solo acoustic stuff. And what year was this? Two thousand four. Two thousand. And I started jib machine and that that was the idea and i I planned that whole year and then january 1 2005 the label website launched that cd acoustic stuff i did came out a couple months later that year i also started so you put out one of your releases was the first jib machine release right and then i started hot ham and cheese which was a band that i was in for many years and when we started playing clubs Bands were asking us, hey, could we be on your label? And that's kind of how we got into the, That's how Johnny Mohawk and the Assassins were signed and eventually the Hostile Amish. And we put out a comp in 2006 called Demons and Angels, and that brought a lot of bands from Michigan. Was that all like punk music? It was punk and hard rock. Half of it, the demon side, was punk and hard rock. The angel side was acoustic. And you could actually still wow, that's get that online. Yeah, yeah it's on Spotify cool. and What's that? Called? What's the title of that release? Jim Machine Records presents Demons and Angels. Oh, Demons and Angels. Yeah. Okay. Two thousand Demons and Angels came out in two thousand six, I believe. So was it just you first at Jim Machine, or did you have any partners? Or my, it was my friend Jarrett and Reggie, my friend Reggie and my sister, all kind of started it, um, and then Reggie and or Jarrett and my sister kind of fell off once we actually started really getting into clubs and living that lifestyle they were not living that lifestyle but reggie and i were and so you know that's when we had the loft downtown and uh started doing jib nation which was an internet radio show that we started you were telling me about the very advent of 
prior before podcasting was a thing. We were doing internet live internet radio shows. And then that, you know, then things were kind of crazy from I'd say like 2006 to like 2009. Um Johnny Mohawk was playing out all the time. Honey Ham and Cheese was doing a lot of regional touring. We did a national tour with the Hostel Amish. And then things kind of started to just change after that. Um When did you hook up with Brandon? 2005, early on. See, I knew Brandon in 2000. That's when I yeah, met him. Brandon sent an email out to random label owners asking if they had studio, wanted studio time, and Hot Am and Cheese was looking for a place to record our first album, demo, and went into tour track six. And was this, was this when he was on Madison? Yeah, 77. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. That was a great place. We mastered the whole Smokehouse Sessions record there. Brandon mastered it for us. Hot Am and Cheese did our first album there and recorded most of the second album. They that was a cool room. I like that old yeah. room. Yeah. It was a great studio. I did some solo stuff there, too. Yeah. Um, Johnny Mohawk did their album there. Um, yeah, old track six was, was really cool. Okay, so, so how did you hook up with... Clay and everybody at JD Distro was that come along years later for the Jib yeah, Machine. Many years later, so Jib Machine went through I'd say many different phases, phases, right? Yeah, and I would I would say, um, so at 2020, I had plans. I had just signed an international artist, an artist from Sweden, um, band called Malfa Clay, um, who I had met through. I've heard of them before. Yeah, yes, yeah. through a distribution deal that I was that I had set up with a, with an indie label with our friend Giorgio right. in Italy, and he had worked with Mouth of Clay, and then I got to be good friends with with the uh, the main guy Hawken, and he said, "Hey, would you put out you know our neck Mouth of Clay's next record because it's not really in vain of what you know a Karma does?" And I said, "Sure." So getting ready to put that record out and then you know covid hit and lockdown happened and while we were in lockdown i was working with slam and gladys on their album and at the time they were still recording it and uh jj ferris who you know had sent some tracks to david shackler a friend of his who he knew through working with keith olson um a producer that, yeah he's that, big time big time and jj and keith did a lot of stuff together and uh, Shackler and Keith were very good friends, and he did promotions and whatnot for a long time. And in the stuff. meantime, we snuck old Michael Nesco in there. When was the recovered? When did that come out? 2019? 2017. When was, was that? 2017. 2017? Has it been five years yeah. already? Are you yeah. kidding me? Wow. So, long story short, um, JJ told me you should talk to Shackler, you know, get some ideas about maybe how to promote Slam and Gladys when the album's done. And when I talked to Shackler for the first time, like the next day, um, he he asked me, he's like, you're in Cleveland. Are you working with Clay Pasternak? And I'm like, no. And he's like, I don't know who he is. He's like, oh, you have to know who Clay is. Oh, well, there you go. Because they had known That's each cool. other. Both were, had been working in the music business Clay's since a the great late guy. 60s. I like him. Love Clay. And so he introduced me to Clay and said, told me to call him. And I talked to Clay. And originally it was just going to be to distribute Slam and Gladys. And then when Clay found out, the catalog that Jib had, he's like, we have to be I working together. I love Slam together. and Gladys. They're so, a good band. Yeah, that album's really good. It's Slam really and Gladys, good. too. It, it um, you know, unfortunately, when we were in the middle of promoting it, yeah, Al passed away. Tragedy. That's, you know, 
All right, this is Michael Nesco. You're listening to Renegade Rock on the Rogue Radio Podcast Network. We're talking with founder and owner of Jim Machine Record, John Templeman, and we're going to take a break and do a song, and John's going to introduce that song to you right now. All right, this is a song from the second release that I put out in 2022, an EP called Acoustic Punk. This song is also original version on America or Bust, but this is the acoustic version and it's called Melvin's Desk. And we'll be right back. Onesco, welcome back to Renegade Rock on the Rogue Radio Podcast Network. We're talking with owner and founder of Jim Machine Records, John Templeman, who is also a fantastic singer, guitar player, songwriter, just an all-around talented guy. So, John, let's talk about that song we just heard. What's the story on that one? Uh, I wrote the lyrics about a friend of mine when we were in grade school. He used to... <laughs> He had this book that he used to draw dirty pictures in all the time. And it was a book that was like we always had to put these books back after we used them. And and he always knew where to find the one. And then the one day our teacher found it. And it was basically about defacing property when you were a kid in grade school. It's a stupid topic. but And and that's what it's about. I mean, and I had this riff that reminded me of the Melvins. So Melvin's desk, Melvin's-esque. And then the lyrics are really stupid. So what's what's on the what's on the horizon now for for Jib Machine Records and your bands and uh, 
And tell us, talk about the new artist that Jim Machine just signed, all the way from Australia. Yeah, Cleo Alexandra. So that when, when's the collaboration with the Blindside Blues Band coming up? So her, well, her first <laughs> single did really well. It's called Dream Fever. You can see the video. She did multiple videos, and we did a remix. And that's all all over the place. Um, had thousands and thousands of streams. Her second single's coming out sometime next year. Um, it's a collaboration with a pretty well-known guy, a uh, guy by the name of Rick Springfield. So, uh, you know, very, that, very well. Another Australian be, guy. That another Australian guy. So that'll be interesting. And um, uh, Jib is also putting out a Rush tribute album in partnership with a label out of uh, really. Who's on that? But uh, it was mainly compiled. Is by it my, done already? It's done. It's uh well I'm partnered with a label out of Williamsburg, Virginia called Twice as High Records, ran by a really cool dude named Ryan, and uh he compiled most of the record. He's the one that he had the artwork set up. I'm handling a lot of the business uh side of things. I can't wait to uh, hear it. What it's really cool. Who are the bands on that record? They're from all over the world. Uh Gwazi's on it. Gwazi? We, we did okay. uh, because we're from Cleveland, we did a cover. And what rush tune did you do? Working Man. Really? Yeah, we, right. had to do, we had to do Working Man. Right, it was right. the song that broke right. in Cleveland. So, And it starts chronologically with Gwazi, and with each song covered, it dep- goes in the year that it was released. So it goes from earliest Rush stuff to the most to recent the latest stuff. Trade. And there's nine artists on it. We're putting it out on vinyl. Um, so it'll be the first vinyl release that Jib will be somewhat involved with. Um, and also Blindside, new Blindside Blues Band next year. Also, um, uh, Project... We got a, a couple cool guest stars for that record, too. Oh, dude. Addie Lee from Fanny. Can you believe that? That's awesome. And, yeah, that uh, album's going to be... I know. Yeah, well, I heard some of it. And yeah. Todd Chason. Greg Chason's the original bass player from Blindside. His Todd brother. is going to do a bass track for us. Awesome. Along is Billy with, Morris going to be on Billy that? Morris is going to play the guitar on that with me. Excellent. Yeah, it's going to be. And we have the original guitarist from the first three Blindside Blues Bear records, Scotty Johnson. And Martin Jepson Anderson, too. Oh, yeah. we just I just heard Martin's solos. They're off the yeah, chart. Yeah, that thing, it's going to be awesome. And we also have, a, I'm also, you know who Marky Ray is in town? Marky? Yeah. Marky and I have been working on this archival project for the last year and a half. There was a band in the early 80s out of Kent and Akron called the F Models. And um, their singer, right when they were about, to, they were getting big, their singer killed himself. And uh, they left behind a lot of you know, home recordings, demos, a couple studio tracks. But Marky had... All sorts of things on them, flyers, um, unreleased photos. We put together a really cool double disc package. It's called F Models. Um, it, well, the F Models, and uh, I forget what we're calling it, in, in memory of or with love from or something like that. Anything new coming from Hallie Marie? Nothing from Hallie Marie that I know of. Um, I really like that. I really like that single she put out. Gwazi has a very uh, aggressive year planned. We're going to try to release. um, I I don't know if it'll happen because of our schedules, but we had talked about, or Brandon had this idea to do 23 songs in 2023. Um, But we'll see. I mean, we have a lot of stuff in the can that we've been recording over the years that's partially finished. Um, You know, it just needs a little bit of work. 
So maybe we'll you know pick some originals out, do some covers. Uh, but we just released the cover of the Beastie Boys' A Grade on Mojo, which I think we're going to play here at Great. the end of the Can't show. Can't wait to hear all this stuff. Um, so I, Jim is rocking. It's always rocking, man. It's well, John, we thanks for coming on, on Renegade Rock. What is your moniker? Your Gwazi, your J Temp 13, or is there a John Templeman release also? No. Or, so you're under all these aliases. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Are these I, all alter I, egos? Yeah. Or? Well, Charlie, what? When I was in Hot Ham and Cheese, I went by Charlie, and that was on purpose because uh, the Hot Ham and Cheese early on was very abrasive. Um, and I mean, they'd be considered seriously abrasive in today's climate, but I wanted to separate that from my professional life label, running the label and all sorts of other things. So I just went by Charlie, which has been a nickname of mine since I was a kid. You know, that char- I always used to say that John is not responsible for what Charlie does, but that only gets you so far for a while. <laughs> I mean, eventually that catches up with you. You know, I just, I think each project or each type of music should be its own entity. You know, so how, just- how does it feel to be, to go from uh, a musician to running a whole record company, I, I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of uh, stuff on your shoulders there, you know. Yeah, and it's and it's gotten more difficult, honestly, the last couple of years. Actually, since signing with Clay, Jib has had a lot of good fortune, but it's definitely um, increased my workload. Now, how did you hook up with Merch Bucket? That's through Clay, and I I knew the guys at Merch Bucket before hooking up with Clay. But it's a long story. Clay involved with Merch Bucket, or are they just indirect, indirectly, indirectly, right? Yeah. Are They're they own, located in Cleveland? Yes, they were working on a store for Clay, the owners of Merch Bucket, and then for various various reasons, yeah, you know, the project fell through. But I was kind of banking on having an online presence, and you know, being able to sell stuff online the way right. Merch Bucket is because Clay is more getting stuff in like the box like so Amazon So Merch Bucket and, still going? Oh yeah Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So, so basically the guys in Merch Bucket were like well yeah you got you can have a present Jib can have a presence on here so that's how we ended up you know having the Merch Bucket store and then gradually added bands from the label as they were about to release stuff Well let's hope our new Blindside uh, next year is going to uh Tip some scales for the Jim Machine label. I, I hope so. I think I think between the Rush record and the Blindside record, um, you know, and the Cleo, Cleo. The Cleo single. I mean, we we We're got gonna a put lot, Jim Machine on the map. We got a lot happening next year. So yes, it could it could really and it's really looking good for the Blindside Blues Band going back to Poland. I just got encouraging news from my people in Poland. Yeah, you got to let me know when that's going to be because... It's, it's in September. Right. I yeah. blocked off the entire month yeah. of September so well, I'm good. going to Europe with you. Because it's going <laughs> to be... It'll be worth it. You're going to love it. Uh, I, well, I'm going to probably go before and like The people in Poland are great, bit, man. So. Okay, so John, I want to thank you for coming on Renegade Rock. It's been fun talking with you, hearing the origins of... Of your musical background. Yeah, thanks for having and me. And Jim Machine, which is a great label. Thank you for giving me the creativity that I've needed for a long time. And I love being on Jim Machine and working with you guys. I love having you, man. You know what, dude? Life is short. Yes. You know, the music business is a business. But I think it, if you're going to have a label, you know, 
you don't micromanage an artist. You let the artist do their thing, and it's my job to figure out how to fucking market it. Exactly. You know what I mean, like that's that's how it should be. So as so, what parting words do you have for any up up and coming musicians or bands that have stardom in their eyes and you know had the same dreams that you and I have? I would say. A hundred thousand songs a day get released on Spotify. So if you think you're going to be some major star, that's awesome. Don't give up on your dreams, but do music because you love it, not because you want to be a star. And if you do it because or you because love you it, want to make money, yeah, or because you want to make money. If you do it because you love it, then eventually, if you make good decisions and team up with good people, and you're oh good at your craft and write good songs, then maybe you will be a star. But don't get into it to. to That's be a star. why we do this. Yeah, because we because you love it. I mean, well, John, thanks for coming on Renegade Rock, <laughs> man. Thank we'll you. see you next week, kids. No, tell us this last song that we're gonna is, we're gonna finish it out with this one last song. This tell is us about- Gwazi's latest single, a cover of the Beastie Boys punk classic A Grade on Mojo. All right, we'll see you next week, kids. Uh-huh.